This is Retro Crime with Kat Klingensmith. There have been moments in life when I felt like I just couldn't do anything right. Maybe we've all felt that way at one point, but I doubt any of us have ever had as much proof of it as Alfred Hart. There's this old belief that swans sing most beautifully right before they die, hence the term swan song. If there was an opposite of that, that would be Alfred Hart. His final performance in life was failing at everything he did in the most ludicrous way possible. Alfred Hart was born in 1840 in Tioga County, Pennsylvania. He lived in Oregon Hill, Pennsylvania, which is in the middle of the state and so remote, I can't even name a recognizable city that it's near. It's an hour away from a dark sky preserve, Cherry Springs. We went there for our anniversary last April, and it is beautiful. If you ever get a chance to visit a dark sky preserve, I highly recommend it. The amount of stars I saw in that sky, the shooting stars, it was just incredible. This does sound more romantic until finding out that we brought our kids on our anniversary trip. We bring them everywhere. Growing up, I dreaded family vacations because I had to sit in a car for hours. My kids are like, yay, car trip! I hope it's at least 10 hours. I probably would have loved car trips too in the 80s if I had had an iPhone and my mom wasn't a nurse who gave me fruit if I asked for candy. Back to Alfred Hart. He was a bit of a rascal. He got into trouble quite a bit. Like, he would get into fights and had his land confiscated and sold to pay off his debts. Both of his wives died very young, and he only had one child. He was drafted and fought for the Union. Maybe that and losing his first wife is what turned him into a bad boy because his family was really well-respected and highly involved in the community. His next wife, she was a bit of a rascal too. She was also getting into fights. Hmm, something tells me they were drinkers. A lot of people came back from the war needed help coping and he was married to her from 1865 till her death in 1881. So that fits the time frame. Uh, war is the number one cause of PTSD, and back then, they didn't quite have the help available that we do now. In 1889, at 49 years old, Alfred took Mortimer Rood to court. Yes, the man's name was Mortimer Rood. He was a farmer. Alfred took Mortimer to court and claimed that Mortimer owed him 25 cents. Even in 1889, it wasn't worth a lot of money. A quarter then is still worth less than $10 now. Mortimer won the case, and Alfred was stuck having to pay the court cost, which was far more than 25 cents. It was even more than $10. Soon afterwards, two of Mortimer's cows died, and they died under suspicious circumstances. It was speculated that they were killed by Parisian green, which was a powerful insecticide made with arsenic. Alfred was accused and arrested. I'm sorry, but these old cases didn't require much proof to destroy a person's life. He was a blacksmith, not a farmer. He didn't need insecticide, unless maybe he was using it to kill rodents. But no one saw him poison them. These historic criminals I dig up are often people who are guilty of other things they deserve to be locked up for. But technically, all of us have gotten away with crimes with impunity. Right now, I don't even know if my car registration needs to be renewed. So Alfred was locked up, posted bail, and moved into a boarding house across from Joseph Graham's store. During the town picnic, Mortimer Rood stopped by the store. When Alfred saw him, he crossed the street from his boarding house, walked over to Mortimer as he was getting into a carriage, and said, Your life is mine, then pulled out a revolver. When I told this to Jason, I couldn't remember the line he used. Like, this will be the end of you. You're done for. Some final badass line. And Jason... (laughs)
he quoted Pete Weber, the bowler, and said, who do you think you are? I am. It killed me because if you ever get a chance to have a delightful 45 seconds of your day, I suggest Googling Pete Weber, bowler, who do you think you are? It is one of my happy places on the internet. Anyway, what he said was, actually, your life is mine, pulled out a revolver and pulled the trigger. Click. Tried again. Click. Mortimer was already in the carriage, so Joseph Graham on the ground, he came over and wrestled the gun out of Alfred's hands. In the process, Alfred tried twice to shoot him. Again, click, click, nothing happened, and eventually he was overpowered. Alfred ran back to the boarding house, where he went to his room on the top floor, took a jackknife out of his pocket, and tried to slit his own throat. So have you ever had one of those Swiss Army knives? Those blades don't stay sharp for long. The blade was so dull that he did not get very far, kept working away at it, got impatient, then decided to make things quick, so he jumped out of his window instead. Except he didn't land on the ground. He landed on a patio deck that was 10 feet below. So he was perfectly fine. He still had the knife in his hand, so he resumed plan A in trying to cut his throat. He was soon found and brought back up to his room. A doctor was summoned, but since they were so remote, it took a whole day for the doctor to arrive. Jason noticed that in my prior stories, the doctor is usually like right across the street or he's walking by or I pointed out sometimes they're already in the brothel. This one was far away, had to be summoned. And when he got there, he said, Alfred severed his windpipe and esophagus. He will have a hard time eating and there's nothing we can do. Alfred ended up successfully killing himself, only it took a long time because he died of starvation. Before he died, he wrote a confession that was not to be opened until after he died. Papers all over the country reported that his confession was especially juicy. It said that he not only poisoned the cows, but that he poisoned his wife and killed the peddler whose remains were found under some bushes the prior year. The next day, the papers had to retract this and said there was a confession, but none of this was in it. What the confession said, and I quote, it said, I am not guilty of poisoning Rude's cow. I have done a good many things that I ought not to have done, but nothing so bad as that. So I'm guessing that he didn't kill the peddler or his wife. Alfred passed away in 1890. His daughter married a machinist when she was 15 years old and moved 400 miles away to West Virginia. She wasn't around at the time. I'm sure you've noticed now these old crimes, they involve a lot of women marrying young. So one would think, well, they married a lot younger back then. Not really. The average age for women to marry in 1890 was 22 years old. Now the average age for women to marry is 27. Without a whole lot of laws against, you know, parents beating their kids, marriage was a way a woman could escape an abusive household and could escape poverty. But it was also a way that men could avoid prosecution for statutory rape because the age of consent at the time was 16 in Pennsylvania. When people reminisce about the good old days, I wonder if they just missed the days when they were sheltered from this kind of news. So if you ever feel like you can't do anything right in life, just remember, at least you're not Alfred Hart. Also, if you ever get a chance to go to a dark sky preserve, it'll be a long ride and it is worth every minute there. Mm -hmm.